0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are on. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is... Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them. all right? And Jeff is, who the hell is Jeff? I'm,
1: I'm so glad I get to talk about cocks. I'm really happy. Dicks, yay. Uh, look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. So I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not getting. We're not touching Dicks. Each other's dicks. So anyway, I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm
0: loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome to the Intentionally Offensive Wrestling Podcast, The Rundown Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Despite that lying bullshit we have in our theme song, Troy is not here this week, uh, but... I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the king of the intro himself. Jeff is in the house. Jeff, what's going on? Yo. And that happened. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot to cover this uh, this evening as we sit here and record. Uh, a lot of stuff went down in the world of professional wrestling this week, uh, starting in Sydney, Australia. And I'm going to be give you a uh, full disclosure here. I didn't watch a fucking second of that show. That's not true. I watched one match so far. Um, I have read the results. I am up to date on what happened. Jeff, I think you said you've watched the show, so uh, you'll be able to give a little more insight into the show than I will. I'll sort of just give my feedback and thoughts on the way it played out uh then of course we will have our perfect 10 segment where we will run through the things that happened and this was one of those rare weeks where some shit of interest actually did happen for better or worse and we'll get into that uh but as we did last week we're going to kick off the top of this show with an email from a fan that came in this week and that's uh jeffrey from massachusetts once again big shout out to jeffrey thank you for hitting us up again keep them coming buddy no not you not you You're not from massachusetts uh, are you
1: I mean, you never know. I'm here. I'm here and there. You know,
0: just throwing the dick around everywhere. All right, That's uh, me. so Jeff says, "Hey guys, as requested from last week, I'm coming with another email." Was Leo Rush on the microphone during the match? Not the absolute worst thing ever in the history of Monday Night Raw. Uh, it was bad. There's been far worse in the history of Monday Night Raw. Uh, I cannot even finish watching it. I fast forwarded and thought I would be over in a few. Press play. Nope. What the fuck? Uh, I think I I feel about the way you guys feel about Natalia. and about that? Uh, If I had the motivation to get up from relaxing, catching up on my DVR, I think I would go walk into traffic. Thanks for listening. Keep up the great work. Jeff from Massachusetts. Well, Jeff, one small correction. You're actually listening to us. We're reading your email. But I appreciate all the sentiment. Uh, No, great great (laughs) feedback. Uh, we're going to touch on a lot of that stuff, except Natalia, because nobody wants to touch on her, uh, in the perfect time a little bit later, but as mentioned, we are going to lead off with the Super Showdown. Um, I don't really fucking know what order these matches were in, because like I said, I haven't watched the show yet, so I'm just going to go bottom to top, because I do know that the last met ma- the top match here, was in fact the main event of the show. So let's start at the bottom of this list, with the SmackDown Live Women's Championship Becky Lynch defending against Charlotte Flair, and as it turns out, uh, we all picked Becky Lynch to win the match, and we were sort of half right. She did walk out with the title, but she did not walk out victorious, getting herself intentionally disqualified. Charlotte Flair with the win. Becky keeps the title. Jeff, what were your thoughts on this thing?
1: Um, uh, you know, as Troy has said many times, it was, um, a house show finish. Um, it was uh, fine. The match was good. I mean, this is. I mean, I don't think I. You'll argue with me when when I. I mean, you won't argue with me when I say this is the, probably the best feud in WWE right now. And uh, I mean, these guys, these two, they. They always put on good matches, and and Becky's great, and Charlotte's great, and. Um, I didn't watch this match, so I don't <laughs> uh, uh, don't have any specific things to call out, but um, I mean. I don't know. The fucked finish. Uh, I did see a little bit of that. What was it like Becky? Would she use her belt or something to cause a disqualification? She like hit her with the belt. I don't know. I think that's what I read. But whatever. It's fine.
0: This is the kind of insight you only get on the rundown. i didn't watch the show and jeff doesn't didn't watch this match so let's move on to the next match if we can uh oscar and naomi taking on the iconics we had all predicted oscar and naomi to win this match but WWE pulled the swerve and on their home turf the iconics walked away with a win wouldn't have seen that one coming did you watch this one jeff
1: I uh, i saw the highlights of this match so okay. um i didn't watch the whole thing but um it uh, so just not, it a, was not a good match. You said
0: you watched the show.
1: <laughs> okay, so I watch. I would say I watched half the show because I watched highlights of most of the show, but I saw about four or five full matches. Okay, so I'd say I watched half the show. Okay. So when you said when you said I watched the whole thing, um, I might have been fibbing a little when I said that. Okay. But this match was not not very good. It uh, from what I saw of it, it was. Uh, <sighs> Uh, it's just it was a very it was it was one of those matches who who really gives a shit anyway i mean the iconics have been doing really nothing and asuka and naomi have been doing nothing so let's throw them in a match together and you got really nothing out of it uh the iconics won but i mean unless they keep winning uh, it doesn't really matter
0: Well, and then they returned to SmackDown this week, and they weren't on the fucking show. Uh, SmackDown Live tag titles on the line. The New Day defending against the bar, and all three of us, in this case, successfully predicting the New Day would walk away, retaining their titles. That is, in fact, what happened. This was the one match on the show I have gotten to watch so far. I sort of on the fence. It looks like there's a couple things I'll go back and watch, but uh we'll talk about the show in its totality and if it's worth watching these shows when they come up on the network in, in just a minute but um this match was fine and, and this is i think going to be the recurring theme it was a house show match i mean it, it they, everybody hit their spots everybody did their little gimmicks and their shtick and everything that you would pay to go see them do at a house show live uh they did all that and the new day won what was largely a fairly quick and uneventful match
1: yeah i agree um it was, uh, you know, typical New Day bar match. I don't think this was anywhere near their best match.
0: Oh no, um, not even close.
1: Yeah, no. And I, I, but like you said, they did all the stuff that, you know, you go to see. If you want to go see Sheamus, you know, you're going to see all the stuff he's going to do. And you want to see the New Day, they're going to do all that shit they're going to do. I mean, it was fine. It, uh, no, no standout points for sure in this match. Uh, and I don't think it was ever even close in question that the New Day were going to win this.
0: All right. Uh, The one match that I sort of predicted, and and I believe you did too, that we would see something interesting happen, was the cruiserweight championship match, as Cedric Alexander defended his title against the hometown hero Buddy Murphy, and as you and I successfully predicted, Buddy Murphy walks out your new 205 Live champion. Uh, Not that that's necessarily saying much, but we've been saying for a while Murphy has been sort of the standout. on 205, and the guy that has sort of elevated everything and, and that putting the belt on him. Aside from the hometown pop, it really sort of opens up the possibilities. You can have Cedric on the chase. You can sort of get that belt eventually onto Mustafa Ali, who I think they really have been grooming to be a champion for this. He's really sort of taken the mantle as as the face of 205 Live, at least from the face side of the equation. Um, so this was not much of a surprise in terms of the result. It's sort of what I expected them to do. But uh, I did enjoy... Uh, the fact that they, they had the guts to pull the trigger on it, Cedric had a very long, successful championship reign, really established himself in that division, and now he's uh, sort of passed the torch to so let Buddy Murphy do the same thing. But uh, did you catch this one? And if so, uh, how was the quality of the match?
1: match was very good. Um, these two do have great chemistry together. I mean, Buddy Murphy has just, from his time in NXT to 205 Live, you just can't say enough about the guy. He's... He he might have the best body on the roster. His his physique is insane, and his athleticism is even more than is, is better than that. Um, him and Cedric were great. I mean, they had Buddy Murphy kick out of a lumbar check, which you don't really ever see. That um, move's pretty much was,
0: been protected since he showed up in the company.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they had him click out, kick out clean. There was no foot on the rope, no nothing. Uh, he kicked out, and yeah. uh, they, have,
0: they have protected the lumbar check. But to be fair, he has not faced Roman Reigns yet, I, so
1: oh, he would kick out of it like three times. Yeah, it wouldn't sure. even, and then he would hit a spear and win. But yeah. um,
0: who, and then, then the bell kidding? would ring. Cedric to start the Cedric Alexander
1: wouldn't even hit a lumbar check on on Roman Reigns. He would just squash him.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think but, he uh, would intentionally hit the lumbar check just so he could kick out of it. That's
1: true. He has to kick out at least everybody's finisher once. That's
0: pretty much yes. I think so. I it's um,
1: contract. But, but buddy murphy hit his finisher which we I, I feel like we don't really see his finisher that much uh murphy's law it's yeah. a pretty cool finisher um he hit that and just got the three count right in the center of the ring it was it was a good moment i agreed with what you had said last week about buddy murphy uh having that hometown win and and if you're gonna have any titles change hands it would be this one um and that's pretty much what based this decision nobody i mean that's before the i knew the iconics were going to win because um i didn't think they were even gonna that they're just gonna be squashed but uh it was nice to see him win he definitely deserves it and like you said it'll set up some really good matchups in the future
0: all right uh another match that we some of us you and i in particular thought was going to be sort of a change of the guard Uh, Samoa Joe challenging AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. Uh, Unfortunately, Troy was correct in predicting that AJ Styles would walk away with the championship. Uh, No shade on AJ Styles, but uh, it sort of feels like his title reign has just gotten really stale. Um, I love AJ. I was thrilled when they put the title on him. He's clearly one of the best workers in the company by far. Um, Perhaps on the planet, if you want to put him in that that short list of, of guys who are amongst the best in the world. Um, but it just, I don't know, it just seems like they're not putting much steam or attention behind this title. This title isn't being made to feel super important, um, as Miz pointed out on SmackDown this week, and we'll get into that a little bit later on The Perfect Ten, but, um, I, I sort of thought you could freshen up this whole division, the whole landscape on SmackDown by putting this title on Samoa Joe, um, but clearly they chose not to, keeping it on AJ Styles and setting up a match at Crown Jewel, which we'll get into in just a little bit, too. Um, but what were your thoughts on this one, Jeff?
1: This is a very good match. Um I thought uh does Samoa Joe actually have an injury?
0: Uh not that I'm aware of. I mean he worked SmackDown.
1: Yeah. But I I mean just based on, on what kinda happened on SmackDown also, um it seems like they're just trying to kinda play on the fact that he might be injured, but um
0: It might just be a way to try not, to keep him strong here too. Yeah,
1: Yeah, um, that's true. But, um, no, it was a very good match. These two have great chemistry going back to TNA days. Um, And, I mean, the feud has been good. Uh, Good to great. There's been moments of brilliance. There's been uh, weird moments. But, I mean, this, this match was... I mean it's a little weird that the culmination of this feud is going to be in Australia which could be as far as as far as possible away from AJ Styles family being that you based the whole thing around AJ Styles family. Yeah. Um but I mean just to have the match it w- it was good and and um to protect Joe with uh you know having the injured leg although having him you know being beat clean by tapping in the middle of the ring was it was it was fine. Um we, we I think we need to listen to Troy a little bit more when thinking that the WWE Championship is going to change hands in a match like in a on a card like this. I don't think it'll happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, know. And and speaking of uh, things that were eventful, just not on this show, uh, Ronda Rousey teamed up with the Bella twins uh, to take on the <laughs> Riot Squad. And I was the only asshole who predicted the Riot Squad would win, because I thought we were setting up. Little did I know, we don't give a shit about this show. The focus is on Raw. More on that later. Uh, But Ronda and the Bellas win here. I don't know if you wasted your time watching the Bellas match, but did you? Nope. Okay. Moving right along, then. The Shield took on Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. Uh, your typical three, the triple threat, I'm sorry, th- six-man tag match. Uh, Troy and I both predicted The Shield. You were the one who suggested Braun, Dolph, and Drew. Uh, unfortunately, once again, a couple days early, a little, little premature ejaculation on that one there, Jeff. But yeah. The Shield stand tall in Australia and even graced the crowd with a proper fisting. Uh, Troy, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff, what'd you think of this one?
1: Uh, I mean, these guys together, they just, they, they have good chemistry. The, these six guys can put on a good match and I'll, I'll be down to watch it every time. Um, I, I kind of like, like you said, I, I kind of pulled the trigger a little early thinking that Braun, Dolph, and Drew would win. And, uh, I mean, I'll make it maybe a little argument why I think, the reverse could have happened uh whereas you know maybe raw's result maybe happened on this sh- card and Braun, uh dolphin drew maybe should have lost on raw but or yeah lost on raw instead but anyway it's fine you want to have that moment where everybody's like yay the shield they're fisting each other Woo. you know it's yeah. it is what it is
0: and it's nobody fine. nobody likes a good fisting more than you jeff
1: I don't. I love penises.
0: Okay. Yeah, we, we've heard about that in the intro song. Uh, Daniel yeah. Bryan versus The Miz, the number one contender for the WWE Championship. And at this point, we've already talked about how AJ Styles kept the belt. So the winner of this match was going to take on uh, the phenomenal one. And in what was I, not necessarily a surprise that the result, as I had successfully predicted Daniel Bryan to win, uh, where you and Troy went with The Miz. Um, sort of surprising in the way the match sort of ended. It was very quick. I think it was like a, a couple minutes, not even uh, less than two minutes. Uh, very quick decision with an inside cradle roll-up pin. Um, sort of out of nowhere and, and Daniel Bryan moves on, but this certainly didn't have the feeling of finality you would expect for something for a program that's been as long-running as this one has.
1: Uh, what a waste. <laughs> this is a waste. I, I'm, I mean, you're going to have like they had two matches before that were good, um, and you're gonna have the one that means the most be the worst, like l- the worst match of them all. This is only like two minutes long, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah.
1: And it's like a little roll-up, and then you have Daniel Bryan bragging about how he won. We'll get more into that, but
0: yeah, I,
1: it was it was a waste. I I watched this. I I actually was up very late that that evening on was. A, Saturday going into Sunday,
0: I think so. Yeah, so I think it was. Yeah, i was a very late. It was like two a.m. Sa- or four. Was it four or five a.m. Saturday morning or Friday morning? Sorry.
1: Yeah, so I was just watching it, and I was like, "Well, I at least want to see this match." uh oh, I fucking went to bed angry. <laughs> I was not happy. I was not a happy camper after this match. Um, but what are you gonna do? I mean, Daniel Bryan, like, couldn't you just have the Miz win and have the same storyline they have going forward but not with aj styles so much in it
0: well i mean at the end of the day the the end result of all of this is daniel bryan versus aj styles i think maybe we all do come out winners um but you could still have that you could and there are certainly better ways to do that but creative is is sort of a misnomer when it comes to this company so uh, we've established that in the past and, and we will again in just a little bit but um, they ultimately, you can dislike the way they got us there, but they got us to where we needed to get and, uh, they've, they've gotten us hard and hopefully they'll give us a chance to to come all over the, the screen. Um, but moving on, Bobby Lashley and John Cena teamed up because reasons, uh, to take on Elias and Kevin Owens in a match that had no build. Cena wasn't even on fucking TV to lead up to this thing. Uh, no explanation of why he was teaming with Lashley. Uh, very little interaction between these, except that a lot. Oh, Kevin Owens and Bobby Lashley had been, my man, going after each other a little bit. Uh, I, I guess we got the lightning fist here, if I read correctly. Uh, so, you know, was this anything worth going back and looking at?
1: Oh, that was John Cena partnering with Bobby Lashley? I thought it was Mark Wahlberg. It looked just like him.
0: <laughs> yes, That's John Cena's hair, hair getting... Yes, that hair getting all the uh, reviews on the internet—that was the main topic coming out of this, which doesn't speak well for anyone else in this match.
1: That's true. Um, the match was not even. I, I, no, it wasn't. <laughs> all I gotta say is there was a, there was Bobby Lashley in the entire match. tagged John Cena in, and he does his six moves of Doom, and that was the end of the match. Okay, that was it. That was literally it. Uh, not worth even looking at.
0: Because fuck Kevin Owens. Anyway, Triple H, <laughs> H in the in the last time ever until the next foreign house show. Uh Triple H took on the Undertaker and uh apparently Triple H gets the victory here and then celebrated like he just won the WWE championship, like this was some goal that he's been you know, trying to, and ultimately, I wish they had told that story better, because that actually does make sense when you get down to it. Of all those major conflicts and battles, the WrestleMania contests, um, all the recent stuff, uh, Triple H has always come out on the losing end of the stick to The Undertaker, so this being sort of that last hill he needed to climb, I think was a story they didn't really get into enough. They sort of Nope. instantly sidetracked with the hbk and kane stuff and sort of i, I think they could they did themselves a disservice in telling the story and the way they the played out at the end didn't have the same impact it would have had they told the story better um but we have the curtain call 2.0 as triple h hbk the undertaker and kane stand in the center of the ring raise <coughs> each other's hands but before they could get to the circle jerk the party got ruined as Undertaker and Kane decided to destroy Triple H and HPK and leave them laying in Australia. Uh, Jeff, what would you think of this?
1: What a bunch of babies. <laughs> I lost the match and I'm going to beat you up. That's the story that they told. Um, going back to the match, the match was actually pretty entertaining. And hey, surprise, it's a no-disqualification match. It was, it was literally, I watched this and they came out and Jojo was just like in a no disqualification match. And I was looking, I'm like, is that, was that what they advertised? And then I read online and they're like, everybody was just like, ah, uh, apparently it's a disqual- no disqualification match. And I, it was just, I guess to get more time and to get HBK and Kane involved. And, um, it was an entertaining match. I really have to say, I mean, it, I think it almost went 19 minutes long. It was a long match, especially for the undertaker. Um, I mean, it was good. They got all their moves in. Undertaker did old school. That was cool. Um, he did Hell's Gate, which we haven't seen in a long time. Um, Triple H did a spine buster, his little knee face buster thing, and it was good. It was good. Taker looked decent, um, and I I gotta say, I, I I actually kind of enjoyed the match. Um, what's with uh? I mean, maybe I'm just not familiar with cowboy hat etiquette, but what's with that little uh, the little headband he's got under his cowboy hat, Shawn Michaels? Is that a of, thing?
0: I don't know. I think it might be just sort of to hide the fact that he's, he's bald at this point. A little bit extra. I don't know.
1: Um, maybe he could put a couple bobby pins on that and fucking clip that thing to his head, because that thing flies off when he gets touched.
0: Well, some people do have uh, sweaty head syndrome, especially when they don't have hair mm-hmm. to soak it up, and then it runs down their face and into their eyes and stuff, so... They'll wear the headband to sort of keep the sweat out of their eyes. That could be it, with especially now that he's bald. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe he's just a fashion plate and it matched his outfit nicely. I don't know. Um, so we'll get we'll get into a little bit more of this as this was expounded on on Monday night as well. But uh, as we wrap up the Super Showdown recap, uh, not much of a recap, and I'm going to sit here and I'm gonna, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Um, I didn't watch this show not because... Well, okay, so I did have a really fucking crazy busy weekend. I really didn't have a lot of time to sit down and watch five hours of wrestling. Um, but I've got three hours of Raw to watch on Monday nights. I've got two hours of SmackDown to watch. I've got at least an hour of NXT. Some weeks, if there's something special, I might dabble into 205 Live. Um, if not, you know I try to stay up on Impact. I try to keep up on Lucha Underground. Uh, I try to keep abreast of what's going on in New Japan. I just don't have time to dedicate to these shows where we build them up like they're this gigantic fucking event because some country paid us a shit ton of money only to deliver a fucking house show that's not even a compelling house show. I mean, you look up and down this card uh, outside of Cedric and Buddy Murphy, which, again, you can argue how significant that is because it's a 205 match. What of any significance happened? In fact, I would argue the case that everything significant that you could have done at this show to make it special, you did on Monday night for free on television. So yeah. I, I just I can't dedicate five hours of my life to watching a show, or at this point even a pay-per-view, where what the quality of the product I'm getting, and I say this every week, is insulting to my intelligence. I, I can't continue to do this. I can't continue to dedicate. This company asks, me, asks way too much of me as a fan in terms of how much they want me to follow and stay abreast of what they're doing to be providing me this and trying to convince me that this is important and that I need to watch this. There was literally nothing of significance on this show. Nothing. and five hours of my life on a weekend is just not worth giving up for a show where I know there's going to be nothing of significance now as we head into the crown jewel pay-per-view they sort of have me a little bit by the balls here Um, because I again I find myself imagining that nothing of any real significance is going to happen however you give me Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles in a match and I'm compelled Then you tell me that I'm going to get to see and and for those of you who listen to the show regularly you'll know, I am perhaps the world's biggest unabashed HBK mark. And if you tell me he's coming back for the first time in what, eight years at this point? um, It's going to be really hard for me to not at least watch that. Um, But at least that has some significance to it. Regardless of how shitty they booked that match, that moment has significance. So but but I look up and down the rest of this card and it, there's not that moment there's not that thing there's not that draw and I to be honest with you I I, I may go back and watch some of this stuff I, I would like to see the Cruiserweight matches because there was a title change um but by and large I I can't I can't get horny for any of this Jeff overall what would you give uh, as a review a rating or whatever for this show uh, not give, a, good. give us the Meltzer system out of 5 stars you're going, okay. s- you're going 6, uh, or 7. I mean, it's, it was closer to the Tokyo mm-hmm. Dome than if it was here.
1: <clears throat> I would give it a uh, uh, 6 minus 4 plus point five. i give it
0: 2.5. Okay, so that's about a 50%. That's and it's. I mean, I, and
1: the only reason I say that is because the Cruiserweight uh, match was great. Uh, there was matches on here that were, were worth checking out. Daniel Bryan's match was not one of them. Bobby Lashley, John Cena was not one of them, unless you really liked the lightning punch. Um, uh, uh, The Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair match was fine. Uh, The New Day match was fine. The AJ Styles match was good. Um, There was just a lot of... like, If you go top to bottom on this card and really, really look at it and analyze the results, what matches meant something? And it's like none of them meant anything. Like you get triple H match that sets up, you know, a match for the next house show. You get what Daniel Bryan's fighting for the title in a in a match where he that was horrible to get there. You get a match. You get two matches that you're gonna get on Raw the next night anyway, and they were more compelling on Raw. Like it just wasn't. It was. I give it a two and a half because I'd say half the matches were worth checking out.
0: All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, no six star Kenny Omega classic. So we don't have six stars. But what we do have is
1: the perfect ten. A ten. A tan, a
0: fucking tan. All right, leading off our perfect ten this week, uh, let's let's start with this one because this was one of those ones that, for whatever reason, I everyone knew what was going on, but I still found it sort of entertaining. Uh, Baron Corbin announced he was going to have a battle royal to crown the new World Cup champion, whatever the fuck that is. We'll talk about that later, uh, and had a world battle royal with a bunch of people i in spite of myself i found myself laughing when he was going through the line and introducing these people some of these names are fucking great um and then we get the conquistador and later on as the man he, he dips out of the ring right away of course at that point red flags instantly go up um as corbin thinks he won the match we find out conquistador is still in it comes in Hits a couple moves, then hits an angle slam, and the rest of the fucking world figured it out if they didn't already know. Eliminates Baron Corbin, rips off the mask, and it is the return of Kurt Angle in an outfit that is not flattering to Kurt Angle at this point <laughs> in his life. Um, Jeff, what did you think about this Angle?
1: That was a piss yellow colored outfit. It was not good. That, um, that would be
0: that would be gold. That's, that's however, color. I.
1: I, I like this. I, I really did. I, I wanted to hate it. I think I did. I wanted to hate it because it was so silly, and a lot of these segments they have set up. You just, you just want to hate them because the writing staff usually does such an awful job with it. But I, I also found myself laughing at the names of these 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 wrestlers. I mean, they all sounded like ridiculous '90s video game character names. Yeah. And and it was it was quite funny. Um but
0: it felt uh, like a very old school sort of angle, and maybe that's what I, I sort of attached to with it. It felt like something you'd see coming in the eighties or nineties.
1: Yeah, and I and I don't say this too often. I, I would say I'd say Barrett Corbin did a, a good job in this segment. Um he was uh have you have you I know we have the, the show on here, but have you seen Glow?
0: The yes, I've seen both seasons.
1: So he he reminds me of the announcer from Glow. The way he was announcing all these guys' names, oh, okay. like very kind of over the top, and and but also at the same time he was like flat while he was announcing them. But um, no, I, I really did like it. Uh, the thing that I liked the most, I think, uh, was right before you kind of had that segment with Baron Corbin and Heath Slater. I don't know if you saw that. Yep. Yep. I thought that that was clever to have in there because you could have that that slight. Um, if you're going to have that guy sit on the outside and come in, you thought it might be Heath Slater until he hit the first German suplex. Right. Um, and then you kind of were like, Oh, oh, okay. He, he's got a little belly. I get it. It's, it's Kurt Angle. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really clever to have that. Um, and then having his little interview after with, uh, where he was like, I'm still on vacation. I, I thought it was all good stuff.
0: Of course, rumors persist that all this is setting up for a Survivor Series match as Team Corbin will take on Team Angle with the winner taking control of Monday Night Raw. Uh, But ultimately, we'll get there when we get there. But like I said, I think the segment was entertaining for what it was. I think it made me chuckle in a couple spots. Again, I don't need to... It doesn't need to be, you know, high-level dramatic fucking booking to be entertaining. This was entertaining to me. This was lowbrow. It was easy writing. It was a transparent story and i was still entertained by it it's not rocket science creative this is the stuff that's easy to do and it's effective and it works and it's entertaining you've got personalities you've got people and characters we care about in situations that make us laugh and there's nothing wrong with that fucking run with it hats off for this one it was it was a sort of a silent mvp of this show um
1: and uh, and let me tell you, this uh, this World Cup is shaping up to be a tournament full of real youngsters.
0: Uh, yeah, we're we're going to talk about the World Cup in, in a little bit. <laughs> I, I got some thoughts on that. Um, speaking of a segment where uh, we didn't need a cup, we had Trish and Lita getting involved with Alexa and Mickey. Now, originally the scheduled matches were Trish and Alexa versus Trish versus Alexa, and Lita versus Mickey. Um, As of Monday night, we have officially flipped the script. It is going to be Trish and Lita versus Alexa and Mickey after a little bit of a promo battle between the two. Um, One thing that really struck me about this sort of was the quietness when Trish came out. This is a legend of the business. Um, Didn't get sort of that same legend's reaction on her return that you would expect a lot of people to get. I went back and watched it again. The crowd was far more silent than I expected them to be um but before we get into any of that apparently the for those who uh, haven't uh caught up on the news apparently by all reports this was actually the planned match all along uh the announcing of the singles matches was sort of a red herring to get us to give us a little story to build to um not that this was that impressive of a bit of storytelling but uh (laughs) in any event this makes far more sense to me that lita and mickey match never really made sense uh, but when you pair up these two together against those two, it does make more sense that this is how we got here.
1: Yeah, um, and I was really surprised, like you said, with with Trish coming out, and and it was they weren't really all that excited. Uh, Trish did herself no favors on the mic either. She she did look a little rough out there. Um, I would say even oh, worse than she may when have she sounded
0: was, a little rough. She looked just fine.
1: That's true. I take it back. She looked fine. She sounded poor. Uh, <laughs> but, she, you know, she seemed really uncomfortable again. And uh, I would say it was even worse than when she was there with Elias when she came back the last time.
0: Oh, so um, I like the, the segment with Elias. See, no, people what I'm saying. Trish, Trish's in, Trish's promo style is different than what we're used to seeing. She's not going to cut that promo that Alexa cuts. She's sort of like the... Um, subtly bitchy, you know, she doesn't try to be overtly funny. She tries to be a smart ass and, and sort of bitchy, and I thought she actually played it pretty well here.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, she was, I mean, to be, I, I'm being a little harsh, I think. Uh, she was stumbling on her words a little bit. Um, she wasn't, she wasn't terrible. She just, she, for her, put her on the mic and start the promo off, I don't know if that was the right choice, I think. I think maybe if you had Alexa come out, start off, and have Trish come out, might have been a little bit better, and then have Lita come out and join her. Might have been the better choice, just because, because of the fact that Alexa is just amazing on the mic.
0: Yeah.
1: I think maybe having her start it off would have been a little bit better for Trish.
0: Well, um, so as great as Alexa is on the mic, are we sort of getting to the point where the whole I'm um, I, I, Oh, psych! In the middle of the promo, is, is just sort of done to death at this point with her. Like the whole, I wanted, I was such a big fan, and blah blah blah, and then I realized that you sucked. Like, right? Eh, I'm sort of yeah, over I said that, that, that
1: the time. last time. Yeah, me too. I, I'm, I'm tired of that as well. Um, but I mean, to even have her come out and just cut it, one of those like scathing, nasty promos on Trish, because they had the the uh, the uh, moment of bliss last week. Um, and it would it would have w- I think it would have fit in again, but Trish coming out's fine. Whatever, it's set up this match. It's cool. Um, I'm curious. Um, I think you know Alexa Bliss has that what slight injury, so I think Mickey will be pulling the weight on that side. But who do you think will be pulling the weight for Trish and Lita?
0: I, it's probably gonna be Trish. I mean, Lita. The last time we saw Trish in the Royal Rumble, she looked great in the ring. Uh, Lita not so much, and. You know I Lita's probably gonna have a little more lead time to get ready for this thing than she did for for the rumble and probably put more effort into this thing than than a five minute cameo in a royal rumble, but every time she goes to the top rope I, I cringe a little bit at this point, but um yeah, as we get big picture though here for a second since this is going to be one of the main matches at evolution, I'm looking up and down the car we're like what two weeks away from evolution at this point and <laughs> This is pretty underwhelming. I mean, we're hyping this up to be this great women's empowerment show and history-making and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm looking up and down. I mean, we got we got Ronda and Nikki, which, again, if WWE thinks that that is the the women's match that the crowd, the fans, want to see headlining this historic first-ever women's-only pay-per-view, that is as great an indicator of how out of touch they are with their fan base as anything I can say on this show. Um, but we've got, we're have got we going to get into some of the other matches later. I suppose I don't want to blow up the spot too much here. Um, but you've got um, Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler in a match we've already seen. We've got this match, which I'm looking forward to seeing because of the, the nostalgia factor. Um, but again, Alexa's the only one different in this. We've seen the other three all work together in the past. So it's sort of like I think when I when they sort of started talking about the show, I envisioned much more of the legends versus the stars of today kind of kind of matches. Same. And uh, I'm a little bummed at what I'm looking at as the card at this point, point. and especially when you consider Bailey doesn't have an opponent yet. Uh, Sasha probably won't be on the show due to injury at this point. You got to think we're, we're getting too close for her to at this point come back and establish something for this show. Um, we've got all sorts of NXT women who are doing nothing. We've got no match for Ember, no match for Nia. The card just, they're really sort of digging in on these like three big matches that they've announced, and I can't see this pay-per-view being a success as a result of the shitty way they've booked and promoted it. And then they're going to sit there and go, well, see, women's pay-per-views don't sell. And I say, fuck you. Women's pay-per-views can sell if you book them right, if you build them right. But we have spent all of our fucking energy ignoring evolution and instead focusing on house shows in Australia and Saudi Arabia.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. The booking has not been well. It has not been properly advertised. The matches, there's three matches advertised in a show that's two weeks out. I mean, how bad does that look? Um, You have... Uh, let's let's be honest though. I mean, you said the Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. We've seen it before, but I mean, it was you know they're going to put on a good match. You know it's going to be a good match. That's one that I do want to see. Um, I want to see the Becky Charlotte match.
0: Um, well, let's let's say for the sake of argument, they hadn't blown their wad at the last pay per view, and instead of that, uh, Shayna Baszler keeps that title, and we're heading into Evolution to see her versus Candice LeRae for the championship. Does that does that doesn't that do it a little bit more for you than than seeing Kyrie, Sane and Shayna again? Because this is going to be the third major time we've seen between the May Young Classic last year, the NXT Takeover match, and now this one. This is going to be the third time we've seen these women in a significant match on, on a main show. And I mean, I first off, and again, I may be biased because I don't really get the appeal of the Kyrie Sane character. And I'm on record as stating that. So I I fully admit that this may be sort of bleeding through into my opinion here. But I just think that there were, again, you're talking about a history-making event. Let's make some fucking history. Let's do something we have. Let's see something we haven't seen before.
1: Right, right. Um, No, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, Based on how they've been booking uh, Candice LeRae at the moment, uh, maybe not. But... um, I get what you're saying. I, I totally understand the point of what you're saying. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I'm I'm a fan of Kyrie, so that could influence my opinion too. But um, I totally agree. You should put on something new, something exciting. Um, granted, I think this match will be good. You could definitely have a new match that you haven't seen before yet. I think that would be more appealing.
0: And, and you could you could have a new match for both of them if you wanted to. Let's let's have Shayna attack. Candace, let's do that as a non-title match, and let's let Kyrie Sane go one-on-one with Bianca Belair or something, or Nikki Cross, or, or or even have like a first time,
1: you know, her, her face a main roster girl, like just like something totally different. Like have uh, have Kyrie Sane face somebody on the main roster just for fun, or have Shanna Baszler take on you know one of the faces from Raw or SmackDown. Just just something different, something to make us be like, oh, I wonder how that'll be,
0: right. Yeah, I mean, it, it could. There, there's so many different possibilities and things that they could have done that they just. How about this? Let's let's do this. Let's say we do a, a fatal four way, and we do Ember Moon, Oscar, Shayna Baszler, and Kyrie Saint. And we've got two former NXT Women's Champions. Well, everybody in this match is a former or current NXT Women's Champion.
1: And let's play that. Yeah. Because the other but two you, aren't you fucking have, doing it. You're probably going to want to have the title on the line, though, right? Sure. Let's do um, it.
0: What, I mean, what the fuck is Ember doing on the main roster at this point? She's she's getting count fighting versus Nia. yeah <laughs> I mean... <laughs> The, the, this, uh, no, uh. To me, this is a far more significant spot for her to be in than, than what she's doing right now.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, oh god, it's it's rough. Uh, just, I, I I really am hoping that they get some some really nice. Dream matches uh, announced in the next couple days. But because... even if they
0: do, there won't be time for them to make logical sense or have any build. You can announce on Monday night that Bailey's fighting Ivory at the pay per view, but with no fucking build, with no reason, it's just two people with vaginas fighting in the middle of the ring. That's, yeah, it's not made to be special. And I <laughs> and I harp on this all the time on this show. We don't. The reason fans don't connect with the current product. Largely. The reason fans won't. The reason fans go against the way you've booked Becky Lynch is that she's one of the rare characters the fans are connected to. They have an investment emotionally in Becky Lynch. So you can turn her. You can have her fucking abuse kittens in the middle of the ring. They're still going to fucking cheer that girl because they feel like she's their character. Like they made her the success story that she is Charlotte's the one standing in the way she will get booed and Charlotte's the one that the company has decided to push over people like Sasha, over people like and I'm not saying that as a point of fact I'm saying that from the fans perspective over people like Sasha, over people like Becky and that's only endearing people like Becky more to this crowd Mm-hmm. but they don't have an emotional investment in Bailey because they've never been given a reason to on the main roster. They never told mm-hmm. that story. They blew their chance to get an emotional attachment when they decided to have Bailey win the women's championship at the Fastlane fucking pay-per-view, end Charlotte Flair's uh, pay-per-view streak, which they had harped on forever, and then roll into WrestleMania in a match that had no fucking real consequences to it. When if they had held their wad and let Bayley go and tell the story where Bayley can't win the big one, and Charlotte's the the monstrous heel who's just rubbing it in her face and mocking her and and tormenting her, and Bayley goes into WrestleMania, wins the championship, ends Charlotte's streak at the biggest event of the year. Boom! That's how you create emotional investment in the character. Give a moment. Create a moment. And WWE used to be great at giving us moments. Some of the biggest moments of my lifetime that have always stuck in my head are centered around wrestling. Macho and Liz at WrestleMania in a match with the Ultimate Warrior. You know, Hogan, Savage attacking Hogan in the locker room after knocking Liz off on Saturday night's main event. Just fucking moments, things that happened in wrestling that you always remember. The British Bulldog and Bret Hart at SummerSlam at Wembley Stadium. They've, they've always told stories and created moments that have emotional attachment that invite you in as a viewer to be a part of it, to feel invested in it, and they haven't done that in a long time, and if you want my true opinion, that is the biggest thing that's missing from the product today.
1: That's a fair point. I can't argue with that. I just can't. Um, with uh, Let's just... Let's just hope the matches are all right (laughs) at this point. Let's just hope they're all right. Um, I don't know if... uh, That's the other concern I have. I mean, Trish looked great in the Rumble, but Lita looked bad. Let's hope there's no no Brie Bella moments.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure there will be, but hopefully it will not be in this match. But speaking of Brie Bella... Uh, we talked a little bit about how they had a match in Australia, and Brie Bella, Nikki Bella, and Ronda Rousey walked out victorious over the Riot Squad. They decided to give us the exact same match on Monday night, with a little bit of a twist, because the much-anticipated, much-expected heel turn for the Bellas took place as they won the match, because, you know, we got to fucking bury the Riot Squad before we do this. We couldn't <sighs> have the Bellas turn during the match and have someone take a pin and allow the Riot Squad to win this match, and that give us a reason for the turn. Nope, nope, nope. We have to beat the Riot Squad first, then turn around, and have the Bellas attack Ronda Rousey. Uh, I will say this. Perhaps my favorite part of this was they're beating the shit out of Ronda, and she's just got this look on her face like, that shit doesn't hurt. I'm just confused. She gets up and starts throwing them all around the fucking place, which added a certain air of credibility to this to me, and and I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, okay. Um,
1: I I literally I balled both my fists up when the the Bellas attacked Rhonda only because they had to they had to make Ruby Riot tap out. Why why don't you have that happen? Why do you have to bury the Riot Squad more? They're 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 really. I mean they're really one of your few legitimate heels on the women roster that they've been using for a long time now. You got three of them. You can use them. You know, if they're in a feud, you get a shitload of matches out of them because you could have them face Liv Morgan. You have them face Sarah Logan. You have them face Ruby Riot as like the, the final test, right? But no, you have to have Ronda beat her again. And then you have the bellas turn on her
0: mm.
1: it was it was silly but it it's it's fine it's fine that you're going to um have the bellas turn heal but why not do it on the show that you spent a shitload of money you know advertising in australia
0: because i think they were aware that people over here weren't going to fucking watch that show and they booked it accordingly
1: yeah, but if you do something like that in the future, you might have somebody watch. Yeah. You might because this is just the start of this stuff. Like this is the second show you're pro- you're promoting that's like this. Yeah. If you have something exciting happen on these shows, you can get people to watch in the future. If you're just gonna have it literally be a house show, you're not gonna have anybody watch. It's gonna be like, why is nobody watching these things? Because they're not exciting. <laughs> they're not fucking exciting. Right. You're gonna give us the same some of the same matches we just. Well, I just saw in the Super (laughs) Showdown, and you're going to put them on Raw, and you're going to make them more exciting. You're going to have twists in them. Why would I ever watch the show? Why would I waste my time to watch these piece of shit shows, especially ones in Australia that come out at 2 in the morning? It's a waste of time. That being said, I like them throwing Ronda into the post and into the stairs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, and, and the fact, the thing that sort of lends a little credibility to this is they can they can play the two-on-one card. So Nikki doesn't have to look like she can legit hang in there with Ronda. They can play the you know she's winning the numbers game uh, story. But right. again, we're talking about telling this story in the next two weeks and te- expecting to have an emotional connection to this match when it when it rolls around. Too long. They waited too long. They were worried too much about fucking promoting Australia, and this is. Thrown together bullshit at this point.
1: And the other thing is, you're not even a couple weeks removed from Brie Bella teaming with Daniel Bryan as a face.
0: Yeah, exactly. On SmackDown. We're, we're,
1: and we're just supposed to believe that all of a sudden she's like, like just a nasty person all of a sudden when she's—I mean, she has been kneeing people's faces off, so that's pretty nasty. But um, I mean, it's it's ridiculous to think that. Like, I mean, I guess you're you're turning Brie heel just so you can have she can ha- Nikki can have a numbers game. That's yeah. what, like what you said, yeah. but. It's just weird. You you you're, you're fitting this shit in where you don't have room. It's like a square peg in a round hole. It, it doesn't make any sense to, to fit this in here. It doesn't make sense to just be like, oh, wow, Nikki, and she beat the shit out of her whether whether with, with, with a sister who kicks people unconscious. <laughs> and you 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 know, I I really can't wait to see the match between them now. There's so much animosity in the two weeks that we have.
0: But again, like I said earlier, with the disconnect, if WWE thinks this is the marquee matchup that's going to sell the first-ever women's pay-per-view, I don't fucking get it. I really, really fucking don't.
1: Um, The only way you can redeem this is if you have Maria Kanellis and somebody else in a fucking lingerie pillow fight.
0: (laughs) I know we've had the discussion in the past that the plan is to to have Charlotte and Ronda at WrestleMania. Like, to me... That's the marquee match that that sells this this as a big event for the first ever time. Women, Um, you can find something else. Whatever your you're going to have other matches at WrestleMania that can be sort of that marquee moment. You can have a great women's match, but this is the this is the event for the sake of the women that needs that huge marquee match that you can build on. It needs that. Um, Conor McGregor, Khabib Nurmagomedov thing that we just saw the past weekend with UFC that people went crazy to see this fight because it was there was so much hype surrounding it and so much build-up and anticipation. Yep. They don't have anything on this Evolution show that, that has that sort of feel to it. And again, sadly, my prediction is this, this event is going to be largely a letdown in terms of the, the view rates or buy rates or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And the, the fucking women are going to get blamed for that when it has nothing to do with their lack of success or talent. Yep. Yep, you're right. But anyway, moving along, that was not the only turn that took place on Raw. In fact, we had a match that had the quote-unquote double turn as my man Bobby Lashley took on <laughs> Kevin Owens. And uh, if, you, if you listen to the email from Jeffrey to start the show... Um, not a fan of the fact that they gave the mic, a live hot mic, to Leo Rush to talk throughout the course of the match. and <sighs> So it was annoying as shit. However, that's what they were going for, guys. That's what they wanted. That's the reaction they wanted yep. to get out of you because it made the Lashley turn make sense. It made it more impactful uh, when he did it and sided with the guy who's just been annoying you for 20 minutes. Um, And you made Kevin Owens a sympathetic figure. Now, for those of you who don't know, Kevin Owens is, in fact, having knee surgery legitimately. Um, As I've read it, it is expected to be a small procedure, but it's one of those ones where they're not entirely sure what they're going to find until they open him up and get in there. So as of now, he's not expected to miss a significant amount of time, but that could very well change. Um, But I've got to say, this is a breath of fresh air. I am entirely fucking pumped for this. I think a Lashley heel run with Leo Rush is going to be tremendous, and this is the kick in the ass that the Lashley return to WWE needed. I
1: agree. I, I my notes are basically exactly what you said. I said uh, the Leo Rush with the mic was pretty annoying, but it was really effective. I mean, you could even hear halfway through the match, you could hear the crowd starting to support Kevin Owens. Right. I mean, he was he, he and he started working babyface like he started doing like he did a senton over the top rope which he r- rarely ever does a senton over the top rope right um he was it was very smart very clever um Lashley n- desperately needed this heel turn and with Leo Rush I'm really excited going forward there's a lot of matches he could have um I just hope they don't think WWE tends to do this um this worked with Leo Rush and the mic don't fucking do it next week
0: Oh, they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it every single fucking week going forward. Are you kidding me? Uh,
1: yeah. I know. Oh, I know. I'm just, I, I, I'm assuming WWE is listening, and I'm telling them.
0: Well, we do. We have established in the past that we think Shane McMahon listens to the show. So, right. But, but right. when was the so last Shane time we th- saw his ass on TV? Anyway, was it like the night after? That's no, When he introduced Paige, I think that was the last time he's been on. <laughs> Probably. Um, but speaking, you mentioned we've been talking about heel turns. Let's talk about the guy who's done heel turns better than anybody: The Big Show. Return to action, and fans do not adjust your programs. The Big Show and Randy Orton main evented a wrestling show in the year 2018. Um, what the fuck? Um, of course, this was a match to qualify for the World Cup. To determine the best in the world. Because that's what we have to say every time we talk about this. The World Cup to determine the best in the world. Now, we're going to talk about the World Cup later, so let's temper that just a little bit here and sort of focus on this match. The match wasn't horrible. I thought they did a nice job with the video packages leading into it, particularly the Randy Orton one I thought was great. Uh, But but did, did, did anyone sit there and go, wow, I can't change the channel and, and, of course, they're going up against playoff baseball because fuck the Yankees. Um, but, of course, they're doing, they're doing this, and, and this is the selling point for your show in 2018? A Randy Orton versus the Big Show match? On a show yeah. that has AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and Andrade Cian Almas and Ty Dillinger oh. and Samoa Joe, the main event of the show in 2018 is the Big Show and Randy fucking Orton? Really? How yeah, fucking I... out of touch is this goddamn company to what their fans want? What are they going to do? What are they going to do in, 50, in ten years when none of these old stars can come back and compete and save them? They have built nobody, nobody to be that star that comes back in five to ten years and saves them at a pay-per-view the way The Rock did a few years ago, the way Lesnar's been doing the last couple of years, the way The Undertaker still does periodically. Triple H, they don't have that guy because nobody from this generation has been made to feel special or important and this was a great fucking example of why because you've got opportunities to headline shows and build stars and instead of putting our exciting young talent in those main event spots we put Randy Orton and the fucking Big Show in there
1: yeah um like you said, the video packages were good. The match itself was I, – I thought it was awful. Uh, I don't think the big shows look worse in the ring in a lot, I mean he doesn't make a lot of appearances, but he looked pretty bad here. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and make a little bit of a prediction that uh, this might have been uh, Vince – taking a little bit of a step away from raw a little bit and putting more time putting at least a thought into SmackDown because SmackDown, you know, it's got that big TV deal. I think this is his, this is his first show where he decided like, oh, get the big show in there. He, everybody likes him. Yeah. And fucking through big show and Randy Orton together in this main event. And it was just, Shit. Oh God, the big, big Show's selling. I mean, his selling hasn't been good. But this was bad. I mean, his DDT, he fell almost on his back. The top rope DDT, where it draped him over the top rope, and did, he fell on his back. The RKO, he fell on his side. DD, a regular DDT, like, barely fell. It was bad. It was not, not good at all. And, and there's no problem. I have no problem with this match occurring. I have a problem with it being the main event.
0: Right, I have a and big that's problem exactly with what I'm saying.
1: Event. Yeah. You had plenty of other segments or matches. You open the show.
0: By the way, by the way, can we do this? Where the fuck was Ty Dillinger? Why is this match not Ty Dillinger and Randy Orton? We've got a story there. Even if we want Orton to go over, because let's be honest, Dillinger ain't getting into this fucking tournament. So you could very easily have this be a qualifying match, play off the story you've been telling, and still get to where you want to go. Or just have him run in. Yeah, that's have a, him run and maybe
1: cost the match or something. No, no,
0: no, like, hold on, because then then kayfabe, you got you you see the big show again after that if you do that. Yeah, okay, no, that's okay. That's okay. No, no, I'd rather see not. the big no, show. No, it's not. How in one breath? I would rather, do you sit I there would and shit okay. all over the big show's performance and then say you want to see that shit again. You just have him lose in the first round. I don't you care. Still you just have, have, to have to see the match. match. Have a two-minute match and have him
1: lose. But I'm just saying, I'd rather – I would I, as bad as The Big Show was, he's the shittiest match of his fucking career And well, okay, not that bad. But he had a bad match, and I would still rather see that than have you throw to the side Ty Dillinger and Randy Orton with their story. At least incorporate their story that you've been building. Well, you can, Don't just throw it to the wayside to have The Big
0: Show there and Randy Orton. Yeah, no, exactly.
1: Sorry, I got a little, got a little yelly.
0: That's okay. I've been doing that the whole fucking episode this –
1: I got hot in bottom. I got a little red in the face.
0: Well, I mean, you did give your dick to your girlfriend for lunch, so um, that's true. In any event, uh, let's let's try to cool down a little bit and talk about something that was interesting because Miss TV was on SmackDown this week and it featured Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Um, so you talked about Vince being on SmackDown, being more involved with SmackDown, possibly, and this this sort of spoke to that to me because I could just see Vince going. God damn, Daniel, Brian, and AJ, they got no fucking personality. Let's, uh, fuck, we need somebody who can, who can sort of tell the story for us. Let's fucking put <laughs> the Miz in there. That'll do it. Um,
1: yeah, and make sure, make sure he pokes fun at AJ. Oh,
0: my God. I thought the Miz was great, though. I, I thought the way he played oh, off Brian and AJ playing off of him, I thought were, were really good in this segment. My big issue here, and I don't know if you caught this, um, came at one point when The Miz talked about, and was running down AJ, but he talked about the fact that, you know, you're the reason that title doesn't main event pay-per-views anymore, because you've, <laughs> you've brought that title down. And I don't think that's on AJ, but I also don't think you need to say that on TV, because what have you just told us about the champion of your fucking brand? That guy should be feel big and special and dangerous and, and accomplished and he should be the thing that everyone strives to be. Instead, you've just told me that your champion is shit. Do you think that was a written line?
1: I, I don't know. I, I I think that was a Miz shoot line because he, he tends to when he gets, you know, flustered he goes off on a little, little tangents and, and speaks the truth and uh, I mean that made him look great because it goes back to his, uh, you know, making the Intercontinental title the most Prestigious thing, whatever he went, did when he was the champion, but um, it looked great for him. It just—you're you're, right—it it did nothing for AJ. It really was not. I was just like, oh, okay, that's a low blow.
0: Yeah, but I mean, ultimately the segment was solid. I thought, it and, and we got a nice AJ Styles Shelton Benjamin match out of it. Uh, I actually yeah. thought Brian and, and Miz were great on commentary and with sort of Byron and. And uh, Corey sort of playing the cornerman for each of them. I thought it was really it was an entertaining segment. I definitely it was a it would have been a better main event segment than Randy Orton and The Big Show. Um, but you know ultimately yep. I I thought it was fine. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I didn't need much hype to get into the idea of Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. But now my concern is that this crown jewel match is just going to be sort of the segue for some sort of fatal four way with The Miz and Samoa Joe getting involved.
1: And you got a couple weeks of it cooling down significantly.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, Speaking of cooling down significantly, The Shield. We're back in the six-man tag action again this week on Raw. Well, for the second time this week, I guess. On Raw against the Dogs of War, Stroman, McIntyre, and Ziegler. I still hate that name. (laughs) Everyone does. Uh, Except this time, the Dogs of War walked away with the victory. Despite teasing some dissension between Drew McIntyre and Ziggler earlier in the evening, it was, in fact, after the match that Dean Ambrose, sort of looking really frustrated with his teammates, just sort of put his head down and walked away from them, leaving them in the ring sort of looking confused. Uh, Jeff, what did you think of this thing? Uh, hey, it, was,
1: it, it made the storyline go forward, right? Uh, once again... Expected it depends that something on like this what at the, the storyline
0: is, though. I don't even know what the fucking storyline is. Is it that Dean's leaving? Is it that Dean's frustrated? Is it that Dean's I, turning heel? Is it that Ziggler's turning heel? Is it that McIntyre's turning heel? Who's breaking up with who? Who's getting together? Who's fucking? Who's fisting? I don't know.
1: Well, I think that's the point. I think I think it's it's just going forward that one of the two sides it's gonna collapse at one point, right? And this just furthered that um, Dean walking out, which I think like you had said last week, it's just too obvious or you or Troy. I don't remember who said it, but um, it's just too obvious that almost that he will leave. Yeah. And it seems like it, it's, it's, it's letting you believe that the one side will have a blow up and somebody will leave. And it seems like, um, you know, Braun Strowman's getting on top of, of, of Ziggler and McIntyre and, Dean is obviously frustrated with his uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. brethren because uh, I don't know how many times freaking Seth Rollins wiped out Dolph Ziggler over the top rope in that match, but it was like three or four times. Um, I don't know why he kept doing that. i thinking it was a wise idea, but it kept happening. Um, it, it's I See, I don't mind this. I, I'm, I'm kind of a little more interested to see which side is, is going to
0: break up first well breaking up is hard to do um i I, I just i find it really hard to get emotionally invested in this story because i don't the one thing i will say coming out of this is to me it's never been more apparent that drew mcintyre is going to be a fucking star coming out of this thing oh Um, yeah absolutely he's just been so on point throughout this whole storyline he's been one of the the one guy that sort of has really been believable in everything that um, I've really, really enjoyed his performance in this, and I'm looking forward to seeing him break away and, and do something on his own. Um, I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be something to see when it actually when they when they really get behind him. Um, I also saw, as I mentioned earlier, this week on Raw, sort of a, a again. This is this is me. I'm going to maybe detour from the norm here a little bit. I got excited on Monday Night Raw when it was officially announced, despite the fact that I sort of knew it was coming, that Shawn Michaels is officially going to end his retirement at Crown Jewel. He will team with Triple H against The Undertaker and Kane. Now, I, I railed in the past on this show that I don't like the notion that we're we're getting a Shawn Michaels match but it's against guys we've seen him fight before when there are to me much bigger dream matches on the table that Shawn Michaels could have AJ and Daniel Bryan immediately popping into mind. Um, that said, I I said it before, I'm the biggest Shawn Michaels, Mark. I still popped a little bit for this because to me, this is, this is something I've been waiting to see for a very, very long time. Yeah.
1: Um, I think, you know, you pretty much covered it all. Um, Shawn Michaels is back, which is to, for, to wrestle, which is great. Um, what's not great is it's against you know a rotund Kane and Beer Belly Taker, which um, you know it's it's not it's not ideal. But we still get to see him wrestle. We still get to see them put a match together that I will watch. Um, it's still weird to me that, that 2018 Taker is uh, is going to be a heel. In this situation, it's, it's still it's still a little weird to me since uh, you know he's technically been a f- fan favorite face for how many years now. But um, I mean, Triple H and Shawn Michaels could still deliver a great promo. Let's uh, let's get that straight. Um, I, I got me a little excited for, to see this match
0: in the pants or.
1: Oh, I mean, I can't right now. Remember, my my dick's gone. But oh, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I still have the ghost feeling. You know that that feeling you get. Yes, yeah, so, so
0: but,
1: yeah. But, but, so so yes, I guess.
0: Okay, good to know. We got to keep track of these <laughs> things on this show. Um, Absolutely, yeah, it's it's said it's, it's the double edged sword that yes he's wrestling, but it's who he's wrestling. It's the letdown. I I think of the full arousal I walked around with a couple of years ago when we had that. AJ Styles Shawn Michaels poster circulating um there is of course the rumor that this is not uh, be
1: no, you know you see you see you saying that it got it got my dick hard and I feel like I poked open my girlfriend's lunchbox right now
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes um but yeah that that, <laughs> <laughs> that poster um was the thing that, that really got me well holy shit this could really happen uh, so the fact that it didn't was a letdown, but maybe we get these shitty Shawn Michaels matches out of the way. And Now that he sort of popped his cherry and he's back in the ring, maybe WrestleMania, AJ Styles, and Shawn Michaels, and the same. Vince, and Shane. Could happen. Listening.
1: Could happen. And I can hope. One can hope. Did you he's take- still taking bumps. Still taking good bumps.
0: Yeah, I don't think he'll ever stop doing that.
1: No, he's fantastic at it. Why would he? Well,
0: pain, probably. <laughs> pain. Bang, correct. Um, Before we get to our main event, there's one more topic left, and i am save this one because to me, this is the best thing going on WWE TV right now. As Becky Lynch and Charlotte competed on SmackDown, I will say, no reason for these two to do the already in the ring intro. They should get their intros, they should get their music on TV. Uh, there was no reason to do it that way. But... Um, they did compete, they had another really, really great match, these two just, they don't pull punches, they work physical, everything's tight, I really enjoy this um, I'm not a fan of Becky's ring gear but other than that uh, I got no, no issues with this uh, the match ended which, what was this one, this was a, a double count out or a disqualification, I don't remember what it was double, no, count out. double count out, right they go up the ramp and then Charlotte hits a spear right through the LED wall uh, just I thought it was great. Obviously scripted, but Charlotte clearly fucked up her hand. If you saw her later on the Mixed Match Challenge, uh, she was all bandaged up and shit. So obviously it did take its toll on her. Uh, And that led us to the announcement that at Evolution, Becky and Charlotte will square off in a last woman standing match for the championship. Uh, This has been how you build a story they've done fuck finishes but they've done fuck finishes and then immediately paid them off and told us that hey you got the fuck finish but the real finish is coming and that's what we haven't gotten in the past but um to me fuck rousey and bella this should be the main event of evolution
1: absolutely absolutely this should be the match you should be building the entire pay-per-view around um and not only should you ever have these two have the in ring entrance, you should never open the show with this when you have Big Show and Randy Orton closing. Ever. <laughs> ever. This sh- had all the makings for it to be the main event of SmackDown, including the spear through the t- whatever, the LED board.
0: From a logic standpoint, allow me only to suggest that. If you do that angle where Charlotte's down and out, and then she has to immediately after SmackDown ends compete in the Mixed Match Challenge, it sort of takes some of the credibility away from the bump that she takes to the LED board. So to me, that's why having it open the show actually did make some sense.
1: Yeah, but don't have Big Show and Randy Orton close it.
0: Well, that's that's a different <laughs> issue altogether. That was just a
1: bad <laughs> idea all around. But... It just that bothered me. But anyway, yeah, going to the match. I mean, of course it's great. Um, it was a little sloppy in the beginning but I don't think that mattered, because the match, they have just See, such great chemistry. So, that it, it.
0: So that's a misconception, at least for me. There is such a thing as a sloppy match, and we've seen them in the past. Typically, they involve Brie Bella. It's um, but... <laughs> <laughs> <That's
1: laughs> just a deadly match. It's a fucking death match at that
0: point. There's also a match that sort of looks... Let, let, all right, so the best way I can describe it is this. Uh, you, I assume you've watched UFC in the past, right, Jeff? Yeah, I'm a UFC guy. Okay. I like UFC quite a bit, so... Those things aren't always... Poetic. Those things are ugly and nasty, and sometimes people fall and they slip. And it... when that happens in a ring, I think it adds sometimes a bit of realism. Like I'm not just letting you do this to me. Like oh, you were trying to do this, but I fucking shifted my weight and you didn't get to do it. So fuck you, haha. <laughs> um, so I don't sloppy can actually sell the realism of things to me sometimes, and that was what I got with this match. Yeah, that's a fair point. And that's um, commentary's job in part, too. I thought Corey did a great job. There was one point where Becky, I think it was, no, it was Charlotte, went for a slingshot, and Becky didn't quite get all the way up. And right. Corey played it off and, and immediately covered it. Well, she shifted her weight clearly to take some of the impact off of when she hit the corner. So that's a great job for a young announcer, a still relatively young announcer, to, to be able to instantly on his feet cover that and come up with a credible cover for it and that's something that usually takes years and years and years to get good at and graves is already great at it yeah
1: no i mean that's that's very fair the way you put it like that um
0: yeah it was
1: kind of like a dogfight, fight you know it right. was uh, very um they just wanted to beat each other up and the ending really it spoke wonders to that because they just spent time out of the ring just beating the crap out of each other until they got counted out. Um, and then you had the spear through the LED board, which was great. Uh, this is just... It's the best program by far.
0: On both brands, not even just SmackDown. Oh, absolutely. Smackdown. No uh, doubt. Yeah, no, I, I, we need more of this in our lives for sure. Uh, and this is actually... This is why I was having this conversation with somebody. This program is what charlotte and fucking sasha should have been years ago and because this is not what that was sasha's character and career suffered for it because of the shitty booking that they got at that point um all right that's going to do it for our standard topics that's going to take us to our main event um and this one to me is sort of really got beaten home this week um do these when they, WWE creates these fake superlatives for these house show pay-per-views, a la the greatest Royal Rumble trophy slash Green Championship belt, uh, or this World Cup uh, to determine the best in the world? Do, do these do anything for the product except damage them? And I say that because you're selling me on this event as being the World Cup to determine the best in the world. Now, I you know, what does that say? about your Universal Champion and your WWE Champion, that you're doing a tournament to find the best in the world, but they're not even in it. Yeah. Um, uh, I think
1: the these fake superlatives, as you said, are okay now. However you know they're going to keep going with it. Oh,
0: I'm sure. You
1: know it's going to get to the point where it's ridiculous. It's going to be a greatest Royal Rumble too. There's going to be a new, you know, best-in-the-world tournament. Like, the four guys that are in it. Not one young wrestler yet announced.
0: For those who are not familiar, we've got Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, John Cena... And um, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, yes. So those are your four and the greatest wrestlers in the world, and that that sort of speaks to what we were talking about a little bit earlier when we talk about Randy Orton and, and Big Show main eventing SmackDown. It's like so this is they still don't consider guys like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles and even Daniel Bryan to a degree to be their top guys, and that's the fucking problem.
1: Yeah. It's a big problem. It's, I I mean, even they have four more people to announce. Yeah, maybe they'll throw some younger guys in there. Maybe they could throw like a Finn Balor in there. I mean, but we know he won't win. Like he won't. If you're gonna have people like John Cena, Kurt Angle, like he'll be the fodder in one of the first round matches for one of these guys.
0: Muhammad Hassan.
1: Oh, forget it. He would he would take the whole thing. <laughs> he would just get his little his his little uh, hooded buddies to come in.
0: So so let's say for shits and giggles, we got four we got four spots left to fill, right? Following the formula we have now, I assume we're going to have Hogan, Nash, and Hall, uh, and Flair for the fourth.
1: <laughs> no, no. You, next week you have Rey Mysterio versus Shinsuke, so it's going to oh, be Rey right. Mysterio,
0: right? I believe the Soviet the, the, the uh, Saudi prince has has requested Andre the Giant be in this thing too. So, um, oh. yeah, he want he wants Andre versus Yoko in a heavyweight championship fight. That'll be a good match. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Um, be a yeah, nice, no, quick,
1: quick fast paced match.
0: And that's the thing you got. You talk about this. The Saudi princes are basically booking this show. They're telling them who they want, aka Shawn Michaels. <laughs> um, they're telling them how they want people booked. It's just this tells you how much they care about the quality of the writing. They're they're totally fat and happy. They've got their big money contracts. They've got this deal with Saudi Arabia. They're they're doing stadium shows in in Australia. There is no impetus for them to be creative or edgy or kind of. The status quo has gotten them where they are now, and they're not going to change until they're forced to. And that was sort of the case prior to the rise of WCW. It was a shitty product, unimaginative and uncreative back then. WCW took them out of their comfort zone and forced them to change the way they did things. And fortunately, right now, there isn't that thing to force them to change.
1: It's true.
0: It's very true. Well, this has been an exciting episode of fucking rip the shit out of WWE, but I think it's it's well-deserved and earned at this I, point.
1: I will say this week, I think Raw was actually better than SmackDown.
0: Yeah, I, I would actually agree with that. I think Raw was a much better show this week. I think we had um, right. meaningful, meaningful things happen on Raw. Several meaningful things happen on Raw uh, that we did not get on SmackDown. Um, but that is going to do it for the perfect 10 this week. We are going to move on and tell you about things going on, perhaps in your neck of the woods. And I'm going to lead things off here with Atlantic Pro Wrestling, where I will be participating along with Adam. And we return to the Newburyport Elks on Saturday, October 20th, for the Gil Bonk Memorial Wrestle Royal. For the first time ever, the Gilbonk will feature 30 participants, and you should be there to witness Atlantic pro wrestling history. The question now is who will outlast the field and capture that cash-and-carry contract, guaranteeing them a title shot at the APW Heavyweight Championship at any time they choose. Scheduled to appear in the Gilbonk, the Bitter King, Buddy Romano, Stiff Mike, the Modarici, Champagne Joe Moakley, the Big Gun Jim Sargent, Hunter Ward, Jake Sargent, Mass Appeal Travis Gillette, Canadian legend Matt Loudon, and many, many more. Front row reserved seats are $15. Advanced general admission are $10, but they are $12 at the door, so you can save a couple bucks doing it in advance. Tickets, I'm sorry, doors open at 6 p.m. The bell time is at 6.30. That is APW on Saturday night, October 20th.
1: Ooh, I can really read this one? Yeah, go for it. ICW returns October 21st to the La
0: Pica Lounge.
1: For, oh, that felt good. For ICW, they they live for gold. Doors open at Your 4 p.m. The girlfriend's me. lunchbox
0: it, just opened up again.
1: Oh, it did. <laughs> that thing's fucking thrown open at this point. Insane eight finals rematch for the ICW alternative title. Stipulation will be named at a later date. Main event, the ICW alternative title? Oh. Halloween horrors match. Insane 8 Finals Rematch, Husky Heartthrob Cody Rice versus Dark Prophet Oren Veet, who is the champion. ICW World Title Match, Zombie Princess Jimmy Jacobs, who is the champion, will face GQ Gianos and Joey Jet Avalon. The ICW Midwest Title Match, Midwest Slayer Stacey Shadows versus Marmon Mario Cravello. ICW Tag Team Title Match, anything goes. There are no rules. Those Foley brothers who are the champions will face the Bear Kingdom. It's the Foley brothers, not those Foley brothers. Tag team number one contender match, uh, the Caribbean connection versus Blackwell and Maguire versus shoots and wanderers versus Doc Simmons, uh, who his partner is to be announced. Rico de la Vega versus psycho Chase McCoy, fabled one, Aesop Mitchell versus Jacob Hoffman, killer, Kaz Carter versus Simon says versus. <laughs> Versus that that guy, uh, nobody else. It's just Killer Car- Killer cast versus Simon
0: Says. Oh, the stars of Bruce City Wrestling return on Saturday, October 27th, at the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin, for the annual Halloween Spooktacular with Nightmare on Springdale Road. Bell time is set for 7:30 p.m. Doors at 6:45, and tickets are twenty dollars reserved, ringside and advance sixteen dollars, which can be purchased at Bruce City Wrestling, the number one dot com, or it's $18 at the door and children 10 and under or $10. Uh, with, they will have a costume contest for adults and kids and then stay for the after party with the BCW stars because after the show it's the after party. Uh, Bruce City Wrestling Tag Team Championship will be on the line as the Axemen defend their titles against Hardcore Impact. Evil Sierra takes on Blue Phoenix. Vanessa Azor. More info coming. Go to www.brewcitywrestling1.com. Follow them on Twitter at bcw1, on Facebook at Brew City Wrestling One, or Instagram at Brew City Wrestling. That is going to do it for this edition of the Rundown on Thursday, October 11th. It has been one week since. Well, it's actually been quite a few weeks since I think the three of us were all together on one show. You can follow yeah. us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast or on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Rundown Wrestling. Email the show like Jeff from Massachusetts did at Rundown Wrestling at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at six one seven eight six three sixty nine sixty seven. That is sixty 61- one. Rundown 7. Jeff, come on, we need your voice to make us hard. Hit that voicemail hard. Uh, We are now on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. Currently we have two reward levels. You can check those out there. There's a $5 level and a $10 level with different rewards. Uh, Both will grant you exclusive early access to all the shows on the Rundown Wrestling feed as they are posted. You'll also get exclusive content such as the crapshoot from Adam and the Mae Young Classic reviews from Troy. Uh, listen to our friends The Kingpin, Brian Malone and Mike Crockett on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing with new episodes dropping every Monday. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash the WPAN or at the WPAN.com. Also encourage you to check Justin Michaels on his show Yesterland Waltz on Tough TV. Go to toughtv.com where you can stream it live. And stay tuned to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed where you can hear all of our other shows like NXT Revisited, The Rundown Sit Down, The Nitro Mania Podcast, Glow our Spanish-speaking friends, check out WrestleMania de Salvation. Did I say that right? Uh, Follow our hosts on Twitter, at JStuart0920, that is at J-S-T-U-A-R-T 0920, to follow me, at RockstarTroy, at Effect, at NitromaniaPede, at Liva... (laughs) I think think this is supposed to be Viva La WrestleMania Spanish Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> add Johnny Analog at Jokers Wild. That's W Y L D seven hundred two, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> thanks. To all, is there any, any other Twitter handles you want to mention,
1: Jeff? No, I, I did. I did want to say that the May Young classic episodes have been really great by Troy. So if you guys want to definitely uh, join the Patreon, it's definitely worth it. It's hilarious. Yeah, Troy's it's five, really good on that show.
0: It's five bucks a month, and you get content every week from Troy. These days, he's doing a great job to keep. Uh, new content up there exclusive content up there every week so good on him and if he wasn't feeling pressured to do so before he will now uh (laughs) thanks to all of you for listening thanks to jeff for helping me out tonight
1: yeah no problem you got it i I make my small contributions here and there
0: like in your girlfriend's lunchbox next week it's the biggest Uh, one i can give hopefully troy will be back with us and uh, we will be preparing to tell you why there's no steam behind the Evolution pay-per-view one more time. Uh, so, <laughs> I guess that means we will see you next Thursday. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.
0: The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created as a way for Adam Salzer to parlay its success into a job with WWE. And after failing to get that, transferred management to Jason Stewart and Troy Bozen is produced and edited by a cum-soaked gym sock stuffed into the mouth of a high school loser. This episode was hosted by Jason Stewart and jeff mayhew we are a proud member of the Questable endeavor network which much like sunny refuses to admit that nobody likes it anymore but is now out of prison check out all of our other shows on QuestNetwork.com before their creators find something better to do and tune in next week for an all-new episode of the rundown wrestling podcast